Hey, welcome to Writers Connect. I'm your host, Rodney V. Smith, Wattpad author, star, and 2018 Wattie Award winner for my novel, The Canefield Killer. I also write the hilarious vampire series, How Not to Vampire. A while ago, I started this YouTube series where I read the first chapters of my friend's Wattpad books. And now, well, we're making a podcast out of it. Today, we're going to take a look at a novel in Wattpad page stories, Law, Lies, and Love Affairs. It's a dramatic romance from Jane Peden. In case you can't tell, it's about love in the world of lawyers, and believe it or not, Jane is an actual lawyer herself. We're going to take a look at the first chapter, and I'm going to leave it up to you to decide if you like it or not. Remember, this isn't a review. It's just me reading the first chapter and sharing with you. Let's get into it. Law, Lies, and Love Affairs Six years after a weekend fling with her law school nemesis, Michael Wellington, Stephanie is hiding a secret that could change the lives of many. The last thing she wants is for Mike to find out. Groomed for success from the day he was born, with a powerful family whose wealth and influence go back generations, Mike is everything she's not. His charming arrogance makes him the last person she wants to deal with, even if she can't deny the attraction between them. So, as Stephanie takes the world by storm as one of the most successful international lawyers, she keeps up the lies and the facade that she started with her twin sister all those years ago. But what will she do when the House of Cards comes crashing down? Chapter 1. Not-So-Friendly Rivals Stephanie looked up from her desk in the Law Journal office to see her nemesis leaning in the doorway, a bear in one hand and a grin on his face. And getting a little last-minute edits done, Stevie? It's Stephanie. Only her sister called her Stevie now. Stevie was the girl in thrift shop clothes who sometimes went to bed hungry at night, never lived in one place long enough to call it home, and dreamed of a better future. Stephanie was the successful student who took a small scholarship and worked her way through college, aced the LSAT, and ended up with a, f- and ended up with a full ride at Yale Law School, where she was just one step away from making those dreams come true. Nothing was going to stand in her way. She looked up at him over the stack of papers. Someone has to do the work around here. It's Thanksgiving break. Shouldn't you be on a plane to somewhere? Shouldn't you? He stepped closer, pulling up a chair and straddling it, leaning over the back to study her. Even in his faded jeans and sweatshirt, everything about him screamed wealth and privilege. Everything came easy for Michael Reese Wellington. He didn't need a law degree to step into a high-level position in the private equity firm owned by his family. Or maybe he would decide to manage one of their other interests, like Wellington Properties, one of the premier real estate companies in New York or the fast-growing chain of high-end hotels that carried the Wellington brand. Unlike Stephanie, who had an ever-increasing load of student loan debt just to meet her day-to-day living expenses, and a time-consuming internship with a federal judge that added volumes to her resume and experience, but nothing to her meager bank account. But all that was going to change in less than six months when she graduated and began her career with a prestigious global law firm that had hired her proving that hard work and single-minded determination really did pay off. Mike shrugged. My mother's on a yacht in Crete with her third husband. My father will be dining somewhere fashionable in LA with his soon-to-be fourth wife. He's investing in her next movie. 
I'm sure the household staff would have accommodated me with a turkey dinner, but why make them miss being home with their own families just to open up the house for me? Besides, I don't like to eat alone. Poor little rich boy, Stephanie said, and wondered idly what exactly was entailed in opening up a house. In her experience, turned the key and opened the door worked well enough. Ow, that stings. He slapped a hand across his heart and stared at her with those startling blue eyes that had female classmates practically swooning over him from the day he first set foot on campus. It was a good thing Stephanie was immune to such things. She narrowed her own eyes. Don't you have brothers? Yes. Well, yeah. Yep. Yeah, two of them. Half-brothers, actually. And they both have other plans. He said it nonchalantly, and Stephanie wondered why, with money no object, he and his brothers didn't make any effort to spend a holiday together. She wished she was spending Thanksgiving with her own sister, Samantha, but unfortunately, the cost of flying from Connecticut to the small town in the Midwest where Sam had just started a new teaching job was way more than she could justify, especially since she and her sister already had plans to spend Christmas together. What about you, a family? I have a sister, but she recently moved to Wisconsin, and it's not really practical for me to fly there just for a long weekend. So, what are your plans for tomorrow? I'm just going to catch up on some editing. He looked at her in horror. You're planning to spend Thanksgiving Day here in the Law Journal office? Is the building even open? I'm taking some stuff back to the apartment to edit. Her roommates would be out of town, and she was looking forward to a little peace and quiet even if it was the kind of holiday that made most people want to surround themselves with family. He leaned forward. Spend the day with me tomorrow. Are you out of your mind? Apparently. He leaned closer and actually winked at her. Winked. Do it anyway. Look, I don't want to be rude, but of course you do. I'm proposing we declare a truce. A truce? A truce. Why? Because it's no fun going to a fancy restaurant alone on Thanksgiving. I wasn't planning to. Oh, you meant you. Aren't there dozens of girls just breathlessly hoping to spend time with you? Probably, he grinned. But if you pull someone away from their family on a major holiday, they get ideas. She snorted. Any girl who took a player like Mike seriously had to be out of her mind. Exactly, he said making her wonder if she'd spoken out loud or he'd just read her thoughts. Thanks, but no thanks, she said. He shrugged and reached over and grabbed her phone off the table, took a selfie and tapped some numbers onto the screen. What are you doing? Put myself in your contacts. He stood up, tossed the phone to her. That way you can give me a call when you change your mind. As if... Stephanie woke up the next morning from a nightmare where she was trapped in a blizzard on the planet Hoth with a snow monster about to devour her and no lightsaber anywhere to be found, and realized her apartment was freezing. She adjusted the settings on the thermostat, but the heater did not kick in. Marvelous. Her phone call to her landlord went directly to voicemail. Even if she could reach him, it was doubtful he'd be able to get someone out to service it on Thanksgiving Day. By noon, she decided that she was probably going to have to spring for a hotel room for the night and hoped she could reach the landlord on Friday. Like her three roommates, everyone else in the old duplex that had been remodeled into apartments had apparently left town for the holiday. 
She tapped the search for nearby economy hotels into her phone and several popped up, only to be replaced by Mike's face filling the screen as her phone buzzed with an incoming call. The man managed to look smug even in the selfie he had helpfully inserted into her contacts. What? Stephanie said. Is that how you answer your phone? What if it was the hiring partner of some fancy law firm calling you? On Thanksgiving? Besides, I knew it was you. You put your face in my contacts? Right. So you're only selectively rude. Mike, why are you calling me? To see if you've reconsidered my invitation to dinner. Stephanie started to snap out a reply, then stopped. She was already going to have to pay for a hotel. And after all, she had to eat. And if she got Mike to just drop her off at the hotel after dinner, she could save the cost of an Uber too. And honestly, the thought of eating Thanksgiving dinner alone in a diner or whatever else was even open today that she could actually afford was kind of depressing. Okay, she said. And there was silence on the phone for a few seconds before Mike responded. Well, great. I really didn't think you'd change your mind. How about Paulino's, he asked, naming the current trendy dinner spot in New Haven. It takes three months to get a reservation there. I don't need a reservation. Of course not. His family probably owned the place. Or maybe the building where it was located. Probably the whole city block. She shook her head and exhaled. I don't have anything to wear to a place like that. What about that little number you wore to the Law Journal Judicial Reception last year? He remembered what she wore to an event a year ago? She'd gotten the sleek black dress on sale and even then had felt the pain in her budget for more than a month. But it wasn't doing her any good just hanging in the back of the closet, right by the stunning high-heeled boots Samantha bought her last year that she really had an occasion to wear. Okay, should I meet you there? A gentleman always picks up a lady, Mike said, smooth as silk, and she managed not to snort because gentleman was pretty far down the list of words she'd used to describe him. Of course, she'd also hardly call herself a lady. Not when she'd grown up on peanut butter sandwiches and microwavable cups of macaroni and cheese that her mother bought by the case at Walmart so that she and Samantha could fend for themselves during her double shifts waiting tables. Samantha grew up dreaming of a cozy home filled with children and laughter, someplace she could put down roots and stay forever and Stephanie dreamed of a career that would take her away from small, dingy apartments and greedy landlords who raised the rent and you had to move out in the middle of the night and live in your car until you found someplace new. She dreamed of a career that would give her the chance to travel the world and enough income to never, ever worry about. I'll pick you up at four, Mike said, breaking her train of thought. Isn't that a little er... She started then realized he'd already hung up. Must have been afraid she'd change her mind. End of chapter one. So that's it for this episode of Writers Connect First Chapters. Jane Peden writes sexy contemporary romances set in the exciting South Florida city of Miami and thrillers in exotic locales. Law, Lies, and Love Affairs in Wattpad Page Stories recently topped 2.7 million views, and The Millionaire's intriguing offer, the third installment in her popular Miami Lawyers series, is now updating weekly on Wattpad. 
Her award-winning novel, Paradise Thriller, is also available on Wattpad page stories, and Jane's short stories on Wattpad range from light-hearted romances to chilling tales of horror. When she's not writing, Jane is at work as a trial lawyer or playing with her rescue dogs and cooking plant-based food to post on Instagram. Go check her out now. Make sure to leave a like or a comment if you like this episode to let us know how we're doing or if you just want to say hi. I hope you enjoyed this first chapter and found something new to read. Until next time, I'm your host, Rodney V. Smith. Happy reading. Flower.